Soy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. My name is Frank and it is wonderful to have your company today for episode number... One, eight, three. Joining me today in the Toy Power studio, we have Ben. G'day, g'day. We have Darren. Hello, one and all. Thank you for joining us. We have Master Trent. Uh, Very kind greetings to everyone out there. (laughs) And a special guest today, we have Mr. Scotty. Hey, folks, how are we? I'm here live and in person. He is in yeah. person. Great to have you, mate. Um, thank you for coming in. Very short notice, a little bit uh, disorganized today, but, you know, it's uh, not exactly an organized world out there, so we're doing what we can to bring you the fun. All right, on today's show, we've basically got not a whole lot of news, but there is some cool stuff to talk to. Uh, then we're going to have a bit of a, a round table about the new Transformers War for Cybertron, uh, Siege, Netflix, whatever show it's called. The The title still does my head in, but that's another story. And then we've got some a very exciting details about some, a competition, um, our first competition at Toy Power that we're going to talk about and give you some more details on. So, without any further ado... Three, two, one. Cue music. So, what have you got for me? I'm Batman. I just got a new hat. Okay, so San Diego Comic Con is now behind us. It's all wrapped up, and I want to go around the room and just get everyone's snapshot feelings of how San Diego 2020 was, and with their digital format, obviously they had to pivot pretty fast with the what's going on. Um, and I just want to go around the room and ask what you know, what did it feel as hyped up as previous cons? What was the big difference? Was it as exciting? You know, was the coverage really done really well by certain businesses and not done so well by others? Um, yeah, just a general chit chat. You know, now in this unique, mm. hopefully one-off, yeah. uh, you know, year of San Diego Comic Con. The whole thing felt very fractured to me. Like I just uh, normally, and I think that's just by the very nature of of how this event took place. And I know San Diego had stuff on their website, but I found that it was there was no rules to it essentially super seven were dropping their stuff whenever they wanted to hasbro were doing their multiple panels across multiple days whenever they wanted to there was no schedule where you could go hey tomorrow's the big marvel legends day or or, tomorrow's the big masters day whatever it was so i found it a bit all over the place which i guess is to be expected considering what we're sort of going through um and so I, I almost forgot that it was on, really. It was only just when I just flicked on to Toy Arc, which is probably where I go for a lot of the news, I went, wow, there's, oh, that's right, it's today. Like, it yeah. just seemed to really almost catch me by surprise. Yeah, for me, like, it just, it, it felt like there was, it was San Diego Comic Con, the dates that, you know, usually are, and it kicks off in, let's say, 18th of July or whatever mm. it was. But so many things were re- revealed back in June Correct. 18th and things and just, you know, uh, dropped all the way through. You know, it felt like by the 18th, uh, there was only a few things that were left to be announced. It didn't have this whole big, here's the three days of announcements. It was just, uh, you know, so much hype and things beforehand. Uh, I felt f- personally that without films and TVs, yeah, there was a, a huge chunk missing. And I think that's where... Uh, you know, because we usually get two episodes plus mm. from a San Diego Comic Con, and this one we were able to wrap up in one. Uh, yes, it was a bit extended, but I think without the mo- movies, the games, all that sort of jazz, uh, was really, really felt uh, a lot in in our, you know, in my end anyway. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree. It, it was noticeable. It felt very, very different. I wondered at the time how much of that was just that the world's different and and you know a psychological thing but as frank said there seemed to be no organization to it it was everyone sort of did their own thing which was cool given given the circumstances and given um how, how 
the thing had been set up to unfold, I guess. But uh, I, I can see why TV and film didn't have any any real role this time because had nothing to the show. Last thing you want to do is promise <laughs> dates at an event like that that's got everyone's attention, and then not be able to deliver on them because film release dates and 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 that are moving all the time right now. Look, uh, one thing I really missed was. You know when they they reveal a new toy and they might do a panel and then they bring that toy out onto the show floor and they put it in a glass case and, and you, you do get, the walkthroughs. You do the yeah you do the walkthroughs and you get photos of the toys in the cabinets and that excitement as it kind of it leaks out like you go to a website and someone's got the photos of the figure in the someone's cabinet got the first you know snap of the photo the yeah, guy putting yes. it in the <laughs> yeah, then, you get the, then you get the better picture then you get the yep. pictures you know of every angle then you get the pictures without reflection on the glass you get the official then, photos then you get someone yep. that's got you know connections and gives the secret handshake and you get pictures <laughs> of the character from behind and that opens oh. up a whole new you know sense of things that, yeah like yeah. that and, and being there being there at a San Diego and knowing what that buzz is like when those cabinets get filled and when you go to it and you see, oh, they put the, they put in the Masters of the Universe Classics. Oh, I missed that, and I missed the way that, that came across. Yeah. And yeah. we got, I guess, just the professional photos from mm. the very start yep. was, was sort of how that came out. Definitely. And, and yeah, I think, uh, Echo, your, your guys' sentiments around the movies and the TV just... Yeah, again, missing missing something. Yeah, definitely missing pixel dance walkthroughs. Excitement that you get from fans sharing their own uh, pictures and their own videos from the event that that you probably don't quite get from from the corporations. I like the it's idea. I like to sit there and watch the YouTube uh, clips, as Trent was saying, where they do the walkthrough of the yep. field display cabinets, and I'm mentally creating a shopping list <laughs> that. <laughs> That, that, oh crap, there goes my spending budget. <laughs> How am I going to make more money to buy all these wonderful toys I'm seeing? That's what gets me excited. That's what I really like to see. Yeah. Pixel yeah. Dan did a bit where he had interviews with the various companies, all done over Zoom. You know, he spoke to Randy at Necker and uh, spoke to some of the Hasbro people and even Brian Flynn, I think. So that was probably about as close as we got. Um, but by then, to Trent's point, exactly, you'd, all we'd seen is those professional, you know, pure white background photos that were good, but, you know, for something that is a new reveal, you want to get those 50 different angles and, and really dig into the details. You want it. a diorama to sell the product. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. None of that was this time around, yeah. Speaking of selling product, Darren, a Super 7 uh, got something new for us? It's a very good segue there, Mr. Frank. <laughs> um, very good. Um, as we talked about, Pixel Dan and his chat with Necker, this was first announced on that very um, chat with uh, Randy on um, Zoom, that the Toker and Raza was um, offered straight from the Necker website, um, as opposed to going to to Walmart or Target in the US and, and people going from store to store and, and still not getting them. Uh, for one reason or another. So that was the first offering of, of its type for something that w would normally be expected to, to hit retail. It was just sold exclusively on the NECA site. How did people go? Did they order it? And did they have any difficulties in the ordering process if they did? Yep. I, I, I set my alarm on uh, <laughs> to, to order it. And then I saw on Facebook it was ready to order the night before. So, bam, jumped on. Yep. I said, Frank, I'll grab one for each of us because yep. I think the limit was two. Yep. I checked my cart. I was able to order three, but I didn't want to risk it, yeah. so I just put it down to two. Uh, there didn't seem to be a quantify of you know limit. Like, mm. you, but I don't know if they would have cancelled my limit if I went over two or not. But yep. I um, did note, did make a note of that. Uh, ordered two, one for myself, one for Frank. That was hands down easiest order I've done, you know, in a long time. Mm. I had a week to do it. I wanted to get it done and dusted and Day locked one. in. Did a bit of a dance, and uh, <laughs> I cannot wait now. I'm, I'm uh, you know, if I wasn't here, I'd be standing next to my mail uh, box at the front of my end of my driveway, waiting for the product to arrive. Nice. Could be a long wait. I think they're due to ship oh, in November. You know, I'm, just, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just so excited about Not it. Like yeah. no I'm just, oh. I just to be able to know I've secured it. Yep. You know, yeah. Yeah, and it was it was effortless. And I tell you, the other thing that was great about it being an international customer, the shipping was really low. Yes. Really, really cheap. And I reckon I'm not I'm not sure. I didn't check. You know, putting in different locations, but it's like they had a US rate and then almost like an international rate. And I re I, I have a feeling that 
our shipping is being subsidized by some of the other you know, <laughs> countries that are less expensive to ship to because it was like 20 bucks or something. Yeah, yeah. well, for two, it was 30, $32 or something, yeah. which is unheard yeah. of. Yeah, uh, for, yeah, for, uh, for, <clears throat> yeah for items that large. You yeah. know, you can't even get a dino rod as minifig bloody, you know, shipped <laughs> over for less than $40. Like, I just don't understand what some of these people are doing. Naked, do you understand it's Australia, right? Yeah. And how far away we are. <laughs> or, or either that or Austria's getting a whole lot of, like, <laughs> taco and razor. Like... I'll be really thrilled if that's what happens to my taco and razor. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, at the risk of sounding like the Mandalorian, this is the way, right? Yes, For yes. all this talk about all the exclusives and the distribution problems, and, and NECA were very clear in saying, this is a test, we want to see how this goes. I, I would love to be a fly on the wall and see those metrics and just hope that they just absolutely go through the roof and blow their socks off. People were already asking, no sooner had they secured their token razor, they were asking about the Super Shredder. You know, do the same with Super Shredder. Do the same with everything, basically. I didn't hear one negative comment about this whole process, whereas previously, you look at any NECA posts, and it's all, oh, I can't find it, I can't find it. I, you know, this was a much more positive experience for everyone. Yeah, the, the one thing that got me, which I just I wasn't sure about, I didn't understand the logic, was the two-order limit. That You know, because this is technically some kind of pre-sale, pre-order, whatever pre-order. However you want to term it, they're making them to order. Why put a two-unit limit on it if you're making it to order? Don't you want to sell as many units as possible? That's the one thing mm. that got me I didn't understand. And it felt like maybe they're already in production I, I and think, they're trying to yeah, work the numbers so they're about right to what they're expecting. I, I think but that's I, exactly I right. What, you, yeah. Because sorry, I, I think that's... going to say... Oh, sorry. You know, like, if... if this works like if they're selling you know i don't know what it is 30,000 units to to target or 30,000 units to walmart or whatever they're doing and they sell 40,000 units on their website this is direct sales so mm. there's no middleman yep. it's it's the yep. price they're paying they're getting in their pocket why why couldn't this be a thing why hopefully like frank mm. said this is the this is the way they see that it works cuz Realistically, how many people are, are going in, mums and dads, that aren't intending to buy this and looking at it on the shelf and going, I'll take that, over the people that are missing out on the purchase? Yeah. So I think this is the big difference with what you say with between NECA and a lot of other companies, say Super 7. So Super 7, you get the idea of this is what the character they're going to release. You pre-order it. You wait a year. You get it, right? Mm. NECA's <clears throat> very... Um, you know, opposite to that where it's like they show you the figure six months before it gets released and it's pretty much fine, fine, you know, finished product, yeah. right? You order it and then two months later, maybe three months, you have it in hand, right? So I don't think, I think they've already made it. They've got the 30,000 units in their warehouse and they're scared they don't want to over Over-commit. oversell mm. to the um, yeah. to the general public, you know, and, and the limit of two. What would you all ideal uh, limit be for, uh, Trent? Well I mean ideally I like the Super 7 model which is unlimited. What I don't like about the Super 7 model is the time because <laughs> like you said I reckon you're right they're, they're sitting in a warehouse as opposed to going like stage one of the Super 7 process that takes a year plus I, I think no limit would be great but if there was a limit like I mean for this it, it doesn't matter because the shipping was so cheap Yeah, but there is usually economies of scale with shipping. So like how many of us, you know, there's five of us in the room and say we all wanted two, 10, you know, mm. 10 is the cheapest way we would get it all in kind of like a bowl. So that, that's sort of, I think a limit that allows you to do combined shipping for all your friends is ideal. Um, two, two just doesn't seem enough. Like I ordered two for myself. Yes. Yeah. And I'm super paranoid just on that. Yep what was the ideal number i'm super paranoid until they arrive i'm not ready to call it a success yet everyone else is calling it a success because it was simple to order but for me the follow-up is when they arrive what condition are they in did i get did, did they get here safely you know all that sort of all that sort of jazz um so for me i'll, I'll measure it on once we all have them not just me but once we mm-hmm. all have them did it work yep that is that is a success or or not Mm, for me um, the ordering process was, was super simple I agree with that but but the measuring stick is the product 
Well, the product itself is is amazing. We've all seen it, but yeah, whether it gets here in one yeah, piece, it, it has. It's got to arrive. It's can't be broken. Thing. It can't yeah. be any manufacturing flaws. Um, it's got it's got to reach me. It's got to reach you. It's got to reach everyone. Mm. Um, safe and sound. Yep, it is sure. basically what I'm saying. Um, you can't afford for any to get lost in the mail. You can't afford for anything to go wrong at all because the secondary market markup is going to be so high because there was a limited number on on the pre-order 100 percent agree yep yep all right staying on the necker train we've got uh, local artist tristan t-rex jones he's an australian comic book writer editor and artist who has provided art for several comic books in the newer dark horse comics alien titles so now tristan has been credited and done the artwork for the ultimate uh uh, for Ultimate Scout Predator, part of the 30th anniversary of Predator 2. So the NECA Scout Predator himself is given an upgrade with an all-new body loaded with articulation, an assortment of interchangeable hands and two heads, one of which is a brand new unmasked head. Other accessories include open and closed disc weapons, blast effect and a long-range blaster, rifle and a collapsed version that doubles as a backpack. So look for this figure to hit stores later this month in 2020. And of course, this is an expansion of what we saw in the background in Predator 2 Mm. when they go into the spaceship and you see that whole army of predators uh, in the backdrop there, you know, doing ultimate versions of them. And, uh, you know, T-Rex Jones has got his artwork on the bang, smack bang on the front box of the uh, art. So that's fantastic. You know, big thumbs up to, uh, you know, local Aussie artist and uh, doing doing big things for... um, for you know, yeah, for such a cool cause, yeah. <laughs> hey guys, if you have a look around the room in Frank's uh, Frank Mart here, you might see a bit of uh, T Rex's artwork on display. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah. Yep. He's got I, a Leonardo up there. I do. Yeah, I didn't even. Re- that was one my uh, my sister actually got for me. She was at uh, whatever it was, Supernova or, or one of those several years ago, and and she sort of saw it and went, "Oh, it's Leonardo looking cool and you know slashing, and it's meant to be." Basically, it's a very classy black and white image, but the only color is in the blue bandana. Um, you know, dark and gritty. Mm, as I Frank like my Miller. Tur- yeah, Frank Miller. Yeah. That's a good good comparison. And yeah, he's signed it. And yeah, to Frank Turtle Power and a little T Rex symbol down the bottom. So yeah, I didn't even make that connection until Scotty was was pointing at it just before. Okay. Awesome. Oh, look at that. The, the attention to detail that we now have on Toy <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Something that has got a lot of attention to detail is the new super seven disney reveals these are incredible and we got a, we got a couple of guys on the patreon page that are, i love their disney and looking at these and seeing the reaction to what these look like and the expressions on the faces was just incredible so ultimates i mean i never thought ultimates were going to go in this direction this is disney i mean it's a massive license for super seven to pick up so congratulations to brian Finn and the team for doing that wonderful wonderful to have the the trust in Disney to, to basically produce their toys for them. Um, now, this is, I think, uh, you know, in my opinion, I've, I've got a little bit of Disney stuff. You know, I've got a lot of, Mattel worked a little bit on Disney lines as they came out. Um, obviously, the things like Frozen are big. But this, to me, these figures are the, the best Disney figures we need, in my opinion. Like, so, it, well, they're, it's, they're getting the ultimate. It's our era of Disney, yeah. of us yeah. growing up. Yep. Yeah. Yep, and it's done in a super articulated, multiple heads type version. They're, they're the ultimates, right. right, as we know what Super 7 are doing. So there's three figures in Wave 1. Mickey, the Sorcerer's Apprentice from Fantasia. He comes with broom and two water pails. And you'll notice as well a lot of um, cloth goods. Yes. And um, mm. who can, can anyone tell me? I, I can't yeah, remember it, uh, the guy that's... Yeah, it's a, it's a weird Super name. 7. It's... Uh, where is it? Um... Uh, it's it's chism 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 my wife is going to kill me they they, again, they, no, they they had this big argument as well they, they were cool to just call it that like they loved it see it and say it yeah right. so uh, so it's a weird name but yeah <clears throat> who is it is he the designer they're the cloth goods designer oh, okay, they make right. so they've done stuff for mythic legions right. uh they've done it for um i've written down here uh mythic legion super seven ultimates dc collectibles just to name right. a few so they're, they're very well known but they're not yep. as big yet as the horsemen but now 
teaming up with the horsemen yeah, to do that. The they're, the, they're the best cloth goods, you know, yeah. makers mm. for that scale. And uh, you know, it's like uh, cloth goods on a hot toys style, mm. but but you know, half the size, obviously. Yeah. yeah, which is like, in my opinion, really hard to pull off and make good. And I did a few double takes, like on the Mickey and on the um, on the uh, Robin Hood, the, the Sir John, Prince John, yeah. um, the Prince John. It was like. Is that cloth goods? Is that or, wait? No, it's sculpted. No, wait, it's cloth goods. So that was, that was impressive. So um, we're also getting Pinocchio. Um, he comes with a brilliant little Jiminy Cricket and a Figaro. He's also got a, multiple heads with, of course, the the nose growing and and the different expressions. Um, but probably my favourite was the uh, the Prince John from Robin Hood. And that Robin Hood. I mean, all these movies are are classics, but. Who doesn't love it when Robin Hood is portrayed as a fox? Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> it, just brilliant, and, brilliant stuff. So, but Prince John comes with um, Sir Hiss, and I mean, two versions of Sir Hiss, yes, like yes. in different expressions. I think he came with three different heads, um, yeah. multiple hands. In- incredible. Can I uh, jump the, the likenesses to the screen? Like yeah. it's just the articulation, the cloth goods, the paint apps. These things look like they're going to be absolutely amazing. Yep. I, I zoomed in on the um, Prince John uh, figure and had a look at the hands. Mm. And if you look at the hands, they're all like, oh, yeah, if you've got the rings and things. But you look closely, um, on one hand, it's got three rings and one missing. On the next hand, it's got two rings and two <laughs> two rings, uh, you know, um, the rings are missing, the jewels. And then on one hand, and then on another hand, it's got no ri- it's got the rings but no jewels. <laughs> like, you know, so you can recreate that scene where he's uh, kissing Jeez. the... Um, the hand and you know and, and stealing you know, the you know what they need to do then for wave two you get yeah. your little John figure yes. and one of his alternate heads has a, a mouth <laughs> full of jewels yeah. with yeah. a big smile like that's yeah. where you need to go so the attention to detail you know Super 7 are really going to that next mile and giving it the ultimate treatment that yep. it deserves like if you got this from say Mattel or Hasbro or whatever those details would be washed okay. over completely. Yeah. So it was funny when they teased this; they had a silhouette of what was clearly Prince John, and but it just said Super Seven and Disney and collaborating, blah blah. And everyone went, reaction. "It's going to be a reaction, yeah. isn't it?" Like, and so for it to be Ultimates, everyone was like, "Oh, oh, I'm interested now!" Like, this is this is amazing. So anyone, anyone in, anyone? I know a couple of our Patreons have, have jumped on it. Jojo, Josh, I know for one. Um, yeah, I, look, I ordered them today, um, under the the sort of the banner of well it's a it's an extension of the ultimates which i love yeah. i yeah. love the super seven ultimates thundercats ninja turtles um so i uh, yeah that that was my logic it's it's not a new line it's a new line <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's a sub line at best done. <laughs> it's a wave within <laughs> an existing line that you're collecting very smooth Trent beautiful well speaking of a line i enjoy collecting we've got some uh i got a new well a half new reveal from Hasbro and their Marvel Legends. This is a Rogue and Pyro 2-pack in the new packaging style they're doing. I'm liking more and more of these 2-packs. I kind of feel like they're... Um, I think you're still going to get your, your typical builder figure waves with your, you know, six figures or whatever it is. But I feel like they're moving more and more to these 2-packs as a way to give you a figure that everybody wants. Rogue, I mean, she's one of the most demanded. It is a different outfit. It's her modern-day... Uh, green outfit with the white highlights which is actually if you know your history a bit of a tribute to the really really old rogue where she used to get around in in green Um, but she comes with a a pyro that is very very 90s in in color he's got the 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 orange and the yellow and the the crazy hair a couple of different flame effects that was the new reveal no one had sort of knew that one was coming Um, this set's coming out in october probably about the same price point we're used to for these two packs um, and again, that artwork on the back, you just like the, the, the rogue face where she's slowly pulling off one glove. Oh my God, I'm, I'm <laughs> melting. Like, yeah, these looked absolutely great. Speaking of things that are great, Darren, anything? Uh... PowerCon is now free and online. <laughs> so you get to go to PowerCon after all. Sorry, friend? You get to go to PowerCon after all, mate. I do, I do. <laughs> um, PowerCon recently announced an online event in place of the cancelled PowerCon 2020. I'll be offering a mix of reveals, teasers, panels, and info about the Masters of the Universe and Princess of Power toy lines. There will be a grayscale treasure room where fans can browse for the new announcements and teasers. Then there will be a panel room where fans can check out live videos with guests for PowerCon 2020. 
The event will take place on both August 8th and 9th. So, now, similar, sorry to jump in there, Darren, but similar yeah, to what we, we just finished saying about uh, San Diego Comic-Con, um, I think this has the advantage because it is a smaller you know, set of reveals and stuff. They have the ability to control it a bit better and, and be the one source. You want to know about Masters, this is the website. You need to be online at this time, at this hour sort of thing. So they have the advantage of it not being as, as fractured and then you know they obviously control when the reveals drop and stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see how this, this happens in a digital space, I reckon. Absolutely. I will be keeping my eyes peeled and my ears wide open uh, <laughs> because I cannot wait to hear and see what's coming. Uh, and, uh, just in case in... our listeners don't know, I'm a huge Masters of the Universe fan. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, which may be new information for some people. <laughs> yeah. Segway um, to the above news about PowerCon, we have finally seen the packaging reveal for the five-pack PowerCon exclusive Lords of Power set, which is packed in a very nice-looking figure collector's um, box, similar to what we got from the Vintage Masters Universe and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles figure carry cases. It has art wrapped around the front and back and opens up like a book to reveal all five figures inside, all in battle-ready poses. Man-at-Arms is top left, above Merman. To the right is He-Man facing off against Skeletor. And underneath them is Red Beastman in a um, mid um, fight wrestling move position like um, he'd swing in, if people remember the mini comics the early first four mini comics where he'd swing from tree to tree in, in the jungle very much that sort of homage to that so um, this looks very very cool and definitely a nice set reflective of the higher price point and I think from memory last time I looked he was still. This set was still available on the Big Bad Toy Store. Yes. Obviously at the markup, but you can if you still want it, you can get your hands on it through them. Darren, you Absolutely. in on this? And I believe the sharer was too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think it's important for the listeners to know that we're recording on the seventh of August, so uh, that's yeah. why we don't have any of more of the PowerCon news yeah. to reveal. Yep. All right. Who wants some freaky fun now? Um, Mad Balls. I think we've talked a little bit about Mad Balls. And Megalopolis, the um, retailer, the online retailer for collectibles that is getting into toys with their own line, Premium DNA. Um, we, we've seen a few of the pictures, but now we got we got the final one. Uh, they're they're available for pre-order now, and I believe the first twelve hundred get a free poster. Correct. Yes. You can yep. de- is, that, is that right? You can download yes. the app. I downloaded the Megalopolis app. You can get it on your phone, and that makes ordering nice and easy. Um, but these are cool. Um, first assortment includes Hornhead, Oculus Orbis, Bruise Brother, <laughs> and Splitting Headache. And, like, just the designs. It's it's done by James Groman, who did the original Mad Balls and, and is known for this design style. Who you know, I love I love his art style. It's just fantastic. Um, they're all, you know, six inches the rage, I think, at the moment. So these are all going to stand six inches tall, which is bigger than what those little head poppers were back in the day. Correct, yep. Mm. So they'll fit in just with your classics and, and your Marvel Legends. And <laughs> so it's an extension series. of the Ultimates, isn't it? Yeah, right. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. They, they look great together, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's what you're telling yourself, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's the same line, Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Optic, uh, Oculus, um, you know, Orbis. <laughs> Oculus you know, Orbis. It's just a yeah, cousin, brother. brother's, you know, friend, like... <laughs> Um, 26 points of articulation, interchangeable heart parts. Of course, you want to put the heads on different bodies. And like I said, James Groman did the designs. Um, they're, and they're saying they're not just modular, they're magular. Oh, the puns, the puns <laughs> are great. <laughs> match parts between characters to create your very own free combinations. $35 per figure. You can pay in advance or you can do a payment plan. We, we did some um, tests before the, the Mad Balls went up on, on our Patreon page to sort of see what's Megalopolis is like with their shipping rates to international consumers. And I think um, someone put in one Marvel Legends figure and it came out at like $140 to ship. Mm. Thankfully, the good news is when you put in four Mad Balls, it's something like $60 US. So it, it wasn't as horrendous as we thought it might be. Um, actually, reached out. I think um, uh, one, one of the guys reached out to Megalopolis 
and BC Talk uh, to see if there was going to be an Australian distribution and got a reply from Megalopolis saying they'd love to connect with a distributor in Australia but haven't as of yet. So maybe in the future something can be worked out there. But until now, the shipping rates weren't weren't horrendous. Yeah, it was nice to see that was a, a he showed us the response and it was not a a, a robot or a, a corporate line. It was a real person. They just, and they basically went, yeah, sorry, we know it sucks. Like you know, Australia is just one of those places that's far away from everywhere kind of thing. And and they did sort of express you know wanted to to find a partner to, to, to make that better for the fans, which would be great. And, so. and also this business is Certainly just starting up themselves. You yeah. know, like it's not like they're in year 10 and got something to prove for themselves. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, over the course of time, uh, more people around around the world will, you know, if they're successful and stuff, they'll be like, oh, yeah, um, these guys are on point. You yeah. know, maybe we can make some distribution uh, channels. Mm. But, yeah, it's all early days, so to speak. Something that is not early days, something that is very, very new. We're going to talk about uh, movies for just a minute. Yes, remember movies, those things that used to come out and we used to go watch together. Now no longer. Uh, among the raft of movies that got delayed thanks to our friend COVID, one of the bigger ones was the Mulan uh, live-action remake from Disney. Now, they have just announced in the last few days that this movie is now coming to streaming on Disney+. Plus. Surprise, surprise. What they have changed about it, though, is rather than if you have a subscription, you're still not going to be able to watch it. You actually have to pay, and this is their new premium tier, basically. So more video on demand than it is streaming. Price comes in about 30 bucks US, or that's about $42 Australian. And uh, honestly, yeah, I know Scott's looking at me going, "Are you serious?" Like, so you Am think I buying shares in the movie? <laughs> well, it's there's a couple of ways you can look at it because I said the same thing to my wife. I was like, "Nah." Well, you know, we pay our whatever it is, 90 bucks a year for, for Disney Plus, and now you want to slug me 40 bucks to, to watch one of their premium movies. And she goes, do you know what? If we This is the sort of movie that she would have wanted to go see with her nieces. Um, that's four, you think, four to five tickets to go see it at the cinema, uh, plus your, your drinks and popcorn and stuff. That's well more than 40 bucks, which is one way to look at it. So you... and. Don't forget that 40 bucks means that you own it. So it's not like a rental thing. That 40 bucks means you can watch it six times in one week. So I guess if you look at it that way, it kind of just, I still think personally, I think that's a bit high um, for what it is. I would have liked to have seen a system where you, if you just want to see that movie, okay, pay Disney your 40 bucks. But if you're a subscriber, the price drops by, mm. you know, 20% yeah, yep. or, or something like that. That makes a bit more sense to me. Some sort of loyalty for being on board the Disney Plus train. Correct, correct. Um, Disney Chief Executive Bob, Bob Chapek has said that this does not represent a shift in strategy because, of course, the natural question he got a lot, I'm sure, is, well, you're doing it for Mulan, where's that Black Widow film, right? Mm. Um, but in the same interview, he's also said that this is a test for, <clears throat> excuse me, for potential future distribution. So he's sort of... Giving with one hand, taking with the other. I don't really know what that means. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be available on September 4th. Um, uh, just spitballing, what what do we think about this? Is this is this the way going forward for, for movies? Look, I, I, I like it. I tell you what, there's a movie I've been hanging out for more than any other, and that is Tenant, mm. the new Christopher Nolan film. And I've, I've heard a date, I think. We've been told, and the date has moved a few times, but I think now 27 August here in Australia is a date that it is going to come out of the cinemas. And, and luckily in Adelaide, we're not under any restrictions at the moment. So potentially I can go out to the cinema and watch Tenant 27 August. But if that came on my TV, a movie I've been anticipating now for well over six months, I would pay the $42 to see it because I want to see it that much. Mm. So for the right, like you said, Ali wants to see it with her nieces. Brilliant, done. If it's just one of those things you're on the fence about, you go, oh, well, I want that for free. It should just be part of the package. But if you're passionate and you really want to see it, you'll pay for it. So I don't mind this idea. Personally, I'd, I'd rather be at the cinema. But if I can't get there, this is the next best thing. I want to see the movie, right? Anyway, else got any? Oh, well, I suppose if you're not if you're not a Disney subscriber, you're up for 132 dollars to watch the Mulan yeah. movie. 
with $90, uh, you know, Disney Plus uh, subscription. <laughs> well, that, that, that's what's not made clear, yeah. whether you can, as a non-subscriber, yeah. just pay your 42 and yeah. watch the movie as yeah. a single thing. I think what we're going to see shortly, because this comes out in 4th of September, so fairly soon, there'll be an update to the Disney app, and I suspect there will be a way for non-subscribers to go, all right, log in, you know, pay just for that one movie, which is like a lot of how a lot of other services do it. Um, but yeah, because I think it would be a huge mistake for them to say, hey, you want to watch Mulan? You can only do it here. Pay us for a subscription. Oh, and pay us again, yeah. you know, the 42. Yeah, the so, yeah. I'm, I'm in two minds about this. I, I, I don't necessarily have a huge problem with the concept as a temporary COVID sort of experiment kind of thing. But, uh, and I'll be fascinated to see how it goes. I, my prediction is that not only are Disney testing this, but every studio in Hollywood is watching to see how this plays out. Oh, yeah. Um, and that, but I don't feel enough about Mulan, the live action film, to think, yes, I definitely want to commit 42 bucks. If this it. was the new He Man movie, Darren? I don't have any, and I don't have any. Um, relatives um, that, that would be itching to be invited around to watch it either. So it'd be forty two dollars just for Darren to watch it. So, but um, if, ask, but answer me this, Darren: if this was the new He Man movie and this was the only way to watch it, it I would pay a lot more than forty two dollars. <laughs> the He Man movie and it was the only way to watch it. I can tell you that right here and there. You'd run it out a IMAX just to you know with, <laughs> with, with a Disney subscription, you know. By yourself, sit in middle front row. You know, like, middle of the cinema. Hey, look, there are certain movies I would pay this for. I'd, I'd probably pay this for Bill and Ted Face the Music. I'd yeah, that's a, that's for, a good, um, Okay, I'd yeah. probably pay it for um, Wonder Woman eighty four. I'd play it, pay it for Go, Black Widow. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Hmm. There are certain things that I would pay it for, um, without question. Um, having said that, the experiment, the test, hmm. is Muller. Yeah, and, and, I, and I'm probably not going to pay it for that. And I think it's going to be interesting. They're going to have to really straddle that line between which of the movies that are just included as part of your service, as part of that money, you, the monthly sub you pay, and which are the ones that head to this premium service. And even within this quote-unquote premium, are there going to be different price points, right? Is a movie like Bill and Ted's, let's say, for argument's sake, that sort of... Yeah, people want to see, but I'm not going to pay 40 bucks for Bill and Ted's. Does that come out at a $30 price point, for yeah. argument's sake? Yeah. And a Black Widow film, is that 50 bucks? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like... no, I do. I do um, know exactly what you're saying. Um, and there's been a lot of talk. I won't get into it too deeply here, but there's been a lot of talk and a lot of actual um, research done in universities in Australia about having, having that sort of operate at cinemas where different films are tiered at different prices for example um an australian film would would be tiered at maybe ten dollars but you know batman or star wars might be tiered at at 25 dollars yeah yeah just because of that that differentiation and that you know that market forces i guess around desire to see a certain film over over a certain time it does open some very interesting debates about about class and about um you know, I guess sort of, you know, prestige films versus, you know, and, and you know, around films that perhaps don't quite meet that, that same must-see Well, it's, it's pricing your product to the market, right? You're not going to pay... Absolutely. Toys are different prices because you're getting a different product. Why are movies not the same thing? And 100%. It's, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely agree. Uh, just one thing, like, I, my concern is if everyone pays and to see Mulan and it's a huge success, ten, you know, I bet you that Amazon Prime and Netflix and all the other streaming services are looking Do very closely mm-hmm. at how this pans out because guess what? The next whatever that comes to Stranger Things season four or whatever, mm. oh, suddenly everyone needs to pay $10 to watch that. You know, yeah. uh, oh, so, you know, I think Ben's right. There is a tricky precedent around this. You know, the other thing that people haven't factored in either is if Mulan sucks and you've blown um, um, $42 or whatever it is on it, if it's a terrible film and you've blown $42 on it, and that's the test, Hollywood could have could could be backpedaling pretty fast if they start rolling this out for other films and people are less likely to jump on the the um, 
for train again to, I, to pay up front. Yeah, I think it's a pretty again. safe one for them to choose. It, it's a redo. Most of these redos on their classic films have done at the very least made their budget and then some they may not have been yep. a critical success they didn't win oscars or whatever but they've made disney bank and in this covid yep. times disney are reportedly lost like 3 billion dollars in the last in this calendar year sort of thing yep. so even at 42 dollars and if only 500 million versus 100 you know 1000 million yep. go see it that's money that's a billion frank Yep, what you said. <laughs> I don't do maths, all right? That, that's Trent the accountant. You ask him for the numbers. Uh, but you know what I mean? So that that's at least some money coming back into Disney that otherwise this movie that is clearly done is just sitting on a hard drive somewhere, not not doing anything for the company. So Yeah. Disney yeah. can wear it if it doesn't if it doesn't work. They can absorb the cost of a movie like that if it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think they'll they'll, they'll try again with not something else. Any studios out. Well, because the other way I look at it, 40, 42 bucks, that's that's your Blu-ray, like, yeah. steelbook edition of, of a movie sort of that's thing. That's your 4K right? version of any movie you yeah. buy off a shelf first yeah. day it's released. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, when you look at it that way, it's not, not terribly priced. All right, we might move on to our uh, next segment here. So that's kind of done for all the news. This is uh, on the topic of Netflix and streaming. This is something that's dropped in the last few days. We are talking about... Transformers, War for Cybertron, Siege, Part 1, Super Street Fighter Ultra, whatever the hell its long, <laughs> massive name is, because Wait, honestly... It's got the word trilogy in there, doesn't it? Exactly. This, it is, this is supposedly Parts 1 of 3, and I believe it ties into how they're doing their toys. Um, we already know that Part 2 is going to be based around Earthrise, which is the, the very current run of toys. And the third part is going to be Kingdom, which all that's been revealed is a title, but you can almost guarantee that we're looking at Beast Wars there with a name like that. That's the big rumor anyway. But yeah, so this uh, came out on Netflix on the 30th of um, August. 30th of July. I was going to say. Such a great day. Why? What happened then? Nothing, oh, well, anything uh, important? Two, two, birthday, two, wasn't it? Yeah, it was someone's birthday. It was Arnold Schwarzenegger's birthday. <laughs> right, so there's, that's number one, yeah, awesomeness. Sure. Yep. And number two, uh, yeah, little old me. So another year older. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so it's Twins is a twins. real movie. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm the big muscly one. And he's, and he's the... Uh, and your mother can tell them that's, that's it. Right? That's it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, yeah, this um, six episodes, that kind of got me off guard straight away because mm. I just went, most of these things, I think the magic number for these sorts of Netflix or sort of short runs, the 25 episodes in a season, that's done. You don't see that anymore. I think 10 to 12 is kind of that sort of sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Six is just, just a bit short for my liking, but that was that's classed as season one. These go for about 25 minutes each. Um, and yeah, and as we said, they, they form a, a trilogy. So this is part one of three. Um, we're probably trying to avoid spoilers given it is still only a week old. Uh, Trent's also a couple of episodes behind, so we won't um, delve too much into those last few episodes. But what did we think? We'd go around the room, you know, positive, negatives, you know, what are, where, where are we at? Scotty, take us away. So my history with the Transformers shows, I've only ever watched the G1 Carter and from the, you need from to the watch, 80s. Man. That's all you need to watch. <laughs> and the, uh, the movie that I've watched is the 86 movie, the only Transformers movie. <laughs> so jumping on board watching this, I was pretty raw. And I really, really liked it. Yeah. I, got, I was sucked in immediately. And I watched all six episodes. I didn't take a toilet break. I got <laughs> thirsty and hungry. The dogs are scratched at the door. But go to hell. I'm going to stay here and watch the whole lot. It was tremendous. Okay. Awesome. All right. Uh, ben. Yep, I really enjoyed it. It was uh, very gritty and everything. I just felt it was a little bit who did it, who, what genre, what age group was it aiming for? It was too mature for the kids. Mm-hmm. It was uh, a little bit long winded. It needed more grittiness for us adults. Um, I just, I just, you know, questioned what a perfect, what was the perfect who age group for? Yeah. F- for this because it was G one orientated, so it should have been perfect for our level. But then I would have questioned, well, why was it, why wasn't it more, you know, uh, violence and things like that? I, I, yeah, there's a few things like you know the transformations and things that I question. And it sort of took me away from it. Uh, so much talking, mm. like, a, <laughs> like a lot of talking. A lot of heads, talking, but it? you know, when the action did kick off, it was pretty cool. Yeah, so. Darren. 
Personally, I loved it. And I'm like, oh, oh, we've got 110% on this. I find it very hard to get into modern Transformers cartoons. Um, G1, to me, is where it's at and where it's always been. This one had the right flavour of that. Obviously, the designs harkened back to that, that G1. They looked just like uh, the the old um, original cartoon and our um, vintage 80s Hasbro toy line. So, for me, it was home run. I really... I dug the story. Ben's right. There was a lot of talking, a lot, a lot of exposition in it, but I, I still thought it was, I still thought it was great for what it was, and I, I liked the action. And I, I binged the whole lot in one night, um, the whole six episodes, and I wasn't expecting to do that because normally, out of the four of us on re- regular hosts on this show, you'd probably say I'm the least Transformers fan on there i appreciate it and i, and I enjoy transformers but again i haven't translated very well to to newer incarnations of transformers whereas whereas frank and and ben and trend are probably all far more open-minded than i am in in regards to that um normally i'm left behind but this one i thought was an absolute home run and i can't wait for for parts two and three all right master trend hey, look um I, I get what they were trying to look at. Actually, I think the first thing I want to say here is visually, it's stunning. You know, the, 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 the CG is really, really nicely done there. Very, the, the designs are beautiful. The animation is, is really nice. There's all the scuffs and marks on all the faces. All the battle yeah. damage. Yeah, they're battle not clean. Damage. Yeah. The, the voice acting is very good. And, and yeah, I think visually, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. It's like 10 out of 10 for visuals, for voice direction, um, you know, sound effects, that sort of thing. I, I, I'm a bit perplexed. Again, I think I'm, I'm a bit perplexed with Ben as to who, who is this for and what are they trying to do with it? So, like, you see Bumblebee and he's like not an Autobot or not a Decepticon and you see Jetfire and he's a, he's a Decepticon. But, but that's, that's correct for G1 yeah, though. Yeah, it is. He was, he was a Decepticon at the start. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, fair mm. point. Yeah. Um, and and it kind of like it makes it makes sense, right? But I, I don't know. Like I just found that it, it it almost like there's too much. They're trying to make this stuff too story driven or too much of a backstory. You know, Magnus Magnus is the commander, and he he saved Megatron's life, and Optimus and Megatron were brothers, and or, and I just I don't think Transformers needs that. I, don't, I just think it needs. They're the Decepticons. They're the baddies. They're the Autobots. They're the goodies. It it tried to it tried to be too Game of Thrones. It tried to yeah. be too mature and and blend this stuff. And and for me, it wasn't true to what the story should be. And it felt a bit felt a bit strange. Like you know, I don't know, Megatron in a stadium preaching to all these robots, like they were kind of the good guys. Um. And and what why would what what was it about you know the Autobots that meant they were being hunted or wanting to be assimilated. Like, I just didn't kind of buy that storyline. I does... would have preferred a, a much simpler um, good, good versus, versus evil, evil yeah. concept. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, like, I, I get what they were going for. It just didn't quite resonate with me. And then a few of the, you know, like to Ben's point, where's the violence? You know, they set up this ambush fairly early on, you know. Okay. And, and that was, I like the, the plotting around all that, you know, the way they did that sound wave and, and the interception of the communication. And that was all really cool. And then they set up this ambush that they just balls up. Like the Decepticons <laughs> look hapless. They lose the Energon and they don't take out, they lose their, you know, some of their guys and they don't kill any of the Autobots. They, like, they start fighting the amongst themselves. Advantage. Yeah. And, and you didn't set like a bomb there or you didn't like what what <laughs> what was your plan <laughs> yeah yeah there are a few plot points like that that i i kind of i get it and and it's okay because it's a it's a kid's story mm. but is it if it's yeah. not a kid's story if it's meant for me as an adult i'm gonna question you on those plot points and say you know that's not how it would pan mm-hmm. out in a real life mature scenario yeah. but but putting that aside that's just a uh where is it pitched Hmm. If it's pitched at, at as you know, like a ten-year-old or a fourteen-year-old cartoon, really, really good, really nicely done, and it makes you want to buy the toys. And I think yeah. that's oh, a, for sure. a big yeah. part of yeah. it. Makes those toys look so cool. Yeah, it does. And, and the paint apps on those new because they had them. Um, I saw them in the Kmart. Uh, they had the Megatron, and it was you know had the as seen on the Netflix show, 
but they were some of the best paint apps on a Transformers toy I've ever seen um, with the, the weathering effect, like short of kind of like Masterpiece and that high-end stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, good on them for, for doing a, a quality show that I think fans are enjoying and having it as a cool toy time. Yeah. Just a, as a side point, Trent, what was the price point like on those that came up? I reckon they were sitting at around the... 50 60 bucks 60 bucks or something it's not too bad mm. yeah for not a... too bad for a modern day transport yeah yeah and considering like some of the these are the almost sort of the leader scale leader class yep. scale yeah. they're, they're a decent size when when some of the you know the basic cars are sort of sitting around 40 bucks it, it yeah. was pretty good value for money for transformers yeah mm. well darren referred to it a couple of times as a home run uh scotty i know you're a big baseball fan so i hope i get this uh, analogy right for me it was a strikeout to be completely honest i uh, didn't like it at all i i just i had so many issues with it now to, to trend's point exactly right uh, visually i thought it was very cool you know they they've literally used the all these uh, toys are rendered on computers these days and they've taken that exact 3d model and animated it and voiced it and stuff really really cool um the stuff about the voices is probably the first thing that just drove me absolutely nuts uh now to clarify i'm not one of these people who goes it ain't peter cullen it ain't frank welker hashtag not my transformers but uh, those two voices were probably the best well done jetfire probably a close third but whoever did, was doing Alita 1 was either really constipated or doing a really good Captain Kirk impression because she just talked like this and you're like, just spit it out, honestly. And a couple of fans have dug into this and basically uh, there was a post that our good friend Chris Fresh put up where basically it was uh, Peter Cullen and Frank Welker basically being asked, how come you guys weren't part of this? And they said, look... They've gone in another direction, that's fine, but all the voice actors used on this are not part of the... In the same way there's a, a screenwriter's guild and an actor's guild, there's a voice actor's guild, and these people were not industry talent. They've literally oh. gone, oh, I've heard you on YouTube talk about Transformers. Do you want to be in this show? So the part of it is, one, they've not got any sort of training or you know recognised talent, which means that Hasbro don't have, or Netflix, whichever it is, don't have to pay them peanuts, right? Versus the yeah. cost of getting in a, a Frank Welker or, or a Peter Cullen. So that sort of rubbed me the wrong way. I felt outside of those two two or three characters, your, your Mirage, your, your Hound, your Ratchets, they all sounded the same. I couldn't tell. Whereas G1, a lot of those voices are very... You, you remember what Wheeljack oh, sounded like? 100%. And then you know, Wheeljack is one of the first... I did like, though, the very opening scene is Wheeljack and Bumblebee. And if you know your G1, those are the first two bots you see in episode one. So I thought that was a nice touch. But the voice just, it did my head in. The animation, while the bots looked good, I've never seen a Transformer run so slowly in my life. <laughs> that trot, done, trot, 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 that trot, trot, trot. Come on, in. mate. That did a, when they're running, it's like... Transform. Just transform and get the hell out of You can of change into a like, car. Like, <laughs> you're a vehicle. Be a vehicle and get away. Don't don't do this like constipated runaway. Like, you know? And they look like they were running in, in slow mo. You know, just that yeah. killed me. Yeah. Um, there's a, a rather ridiculous um, uh, disguise scene where a, a well known Transformer, and I think it's as early as like episode two or whatever, um, goes to meet with the Decepticons and he's got a cloak over his head. Now, Ben made the point it goes, on a world made completely of metal, because the whole thing takes place on Cybertron, where did he find a cloak big enough to cover his head and shoulders? Now, I mean, I don't think it's spoilers to say we're talking about Ultra Magnus, right? You'll know the scene when you see it because he's got one of the most recognisable profiles from a silhouette point of view in the whole of the series. And this cloak, and it's, you know, he walks right up to Megatron and they're about to shoot him and he's like, wait, wait, who is this stranger? And you're like, come on, rip this awful Band-Aid off. We know it's Ultra Magnus. <laughs> it was just, yep. did, did my head in a little bit. Um... Uh, I think, and again, not going into spoilers because Trent hasn't seen it all, I think the last three episodes really actually pick it up a lot. That first three, to your point, Trent, exactly. Very Games of Thrones, very talky. Uh, Mitch on the Geek Dudes, made he was very excited yeah, to was, sit down yeah. and watch this with yeah. his son. 
and by episode two, his son was bored and, and got distracted. And I can see that because it's, mm. uh, again, we, we come back to the point of who is this for? A lot of the comments I've seen around it are people our age going, yeah, it was okay, but geez, I want that toy now. Damn, I wish I'd got a jet fire when it was on sale. So in that respect, you'd call it a success. I think some of the character work they tried to do, six episodes is just not enough to do that. Yeah. You know, it's only right at the... Oh, no, I won't say that. That's a bit of a spoiler. But um, it just it felt awkward to me. And honestly, I've seen pretty much every Transformers show, even some of the horribly dubbed ones that were Japanese animated and then Headmasters yeah. and Victory yeah. and that. And they have a certain charm to them that, that this just lacked for me. It felt it felt rather soulless. And everybody goes, hey, there's no humans in this. This is great. But the problem with that is you then lose that sense of scale. You don't actually know how big Bumblebee and Optimus are because they're all just in their own world. Um, well, yeah. yeah, it kind of it kind of missed for me. I, I watched it because I kind of wanted to see where it ended. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know, bit of a bit of a strikeout for me, if I'm honest. But to answer answer your questions on who's it for, I think it's for people like Scott and I who couldn't connect with anything much past T1. Agreed. Okay. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's fair. Who I think it's for, and, and in that level, it succeeds. Cool. In saying that, Darren, are you going to go and buy any? Yeah, exactly. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> that's a swing and a miss. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to say this though, and, and it's not all hate from my end. I love the Seekers. I love the yeah. fact they transform into the that triangle, that original uh, Cybertron transformation. And I love that there's a small army, army of them. There's mm. not just Thundercracker Three. and um, Skyfire and things. Uh, not yep. Skyfire. Um, Thundercracker and Skywarp. Skywarp, yep. yeah. And there's like the, the acid you know yeah there was lots of all that sort of stuff yep. you know um I, I just love that and they're the disposable yeah the army. Ones that they're get the ones that killed, get yeah. you know knocked out and things like that and uh you know Jetfire is sort of you know i'm the leader of this yeah, they I'd, call them seekers they call yeah. them the army of seekers yeah and every time it's like seekers go out and you know to the do sky my bidding. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did love and, and starscream is probably the other one i'll shout out as far as the voice he was what you'd expect of of starscream um soundwave's voice was just over over processed like yes. i get what they were going for but it was so manufactured to the point of I struggled a little bit to understand what he was he was saying at times. But I guess I'd in, to summarize the whole thing for me, G1's got a, a certain level of charm to it. Beast Wars, despite the fact the animation doesn't hold up, uh, there are some charming characters on that show. And Transformers Prime and Animated, for me, are probably still two of the best series if you actually go watch them. Um, this series just lacked a bit of lacked a bit of charm. It was it was trying for something different. I appreciate what they were going for. It's by far the grittiest Transformers we've ever seen, if you ignore Michael Bay's stuff, but that's another story. Um, yeah, I just yeah didn't quite do it for me. I'm afraid. All right, so I think we're done with that. Now, a very last thing to mention: we're nearly out of time here today, but. Uh, we're going to talk about our uh, very first giveaway competition on the show. So we had our good friend Scotty the Toy Hunter. He actually sent. I think I've mentioned we've mentioned this on the show. Yeah, we've hyped it up a few times. Yeah. yeah. So he, for those who who might have missed that, he gave us a donated to the show uh, an entire series of the Collector Corpse. Uh, what are they, comic books? These are the ones that came with the. It was like a subscription service. Is that right? Is it like Funko. I believe so, yes. Yeah, uh, and these are all, I think out of the, uh, there's about 15 or so comic books in there and there's like maybe two that are actually unwrapped. The rest of them are all sort of still factory sealed. So these are comic books you won't find anywhere else. Did a quick little eBay, probably about 100 bucks worth of, of comics there. There's one in them in particular that's a bit more rare and hard to find than the others. They, as far as I can tell, they're at, without obviously opening them, they are... Uh, reprints of existing sort of issues but they come with uh, special covers some that sort of play into that Funko style others that are just regular artwork but they are unique to those comic books so we've put our heads together sorry Scotty it's taken so long we're a little bit disorganized on this but we're going to make these live with a bit of a competition now to answer the obvious this competition is going to be open to everyone worldwide so if you're from America or anywhere outside of Australia don't worry, you can get in on this action. Ben, do you want to take us through how, what they're actually going to do? So we've got, uh, we're in Frank's toy room, as amazing as it is, and we're standing, sorry, sorry sitting um, 
opposite a massive wall of Marvel Legends. So we're going to take a nice, beautiful, uh, picturesque shot of his Marvel Legend walls, and we want you, the listener, to tell us how many Marvel Legend figures are on this wall. And then we're going to properly count them up on episode 185. We'll make sure we've got the number correct. And uh, whoever's closest to that number, whoever has you know, hit that number or whatever, we will, um, you'll be the winner. So all you've got to One, do... Two, <laughs> three, four. Uh, all you've got to do is tell us how many, exactly how many Marvel Legends are on Frank's wall. And that includes the donation from Trent's to, uh, toy room, the carded ones at the back, which mm. might be a little bit harder to count from a picture point of view, but that what that's what makes the game so exciting. So what so, about like a, a baby Groot in a pot? Well, that's, that's that, a character. That, that's I think that's a character because it's a it's figure bigger. by itself. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So if, you, if it's got a name, yeah, yeah if it's yep. got a name, then it counts yep. as a character a, basically. A builder figure yep. is one figure. It's not yep. six. It's not the arm of you sure. know yep. a Quicksilver or whatever. It's a it's a it's one figure, one character. So we'll we'll make sure that this is all plugged on our Facebook feed. Um, all you need to do is uh, you know comment on the Toy Power feed itself the number that you think is correct and uh, one entry, in, per, one entry, one per, entry person. per person yep. correct and uh, we'll um, shout that out on episode 185 live on air and uh, announce the winner there. So you've got essentially uh, two weeks, two and a bit, maybe three weeks to um, get your entry in and uh, one entry anywhere around the world. Uh, yeah, good luck. Mm, and we will ship them to you. So, all right, so that's our shout-out for Scotty. A couple of other shout-outs before we get out of here. Um, I actually guested on uh, Breaking the Panel, uh, episode 227, volumes 1 through 4. The way they do it is essentially one recording that they've split up into four parts, um, four different topics in those parts. Um, so that was great fun to hang out with uh, Charles, Phil, and... Uh, Oh, Bill, of course, Bill from Run, Jump, Stomp. I got to meet him finally. I'm a big listener to some of his shows. Uh, if you love your Nintendo, he's a guy you want to follow. Um, but a shout-out to our good friend, uh, Mr. Paul Klotz. He has uh, parted ways uh, with the network. Um, so, look, good luck to him and all his future endeavours. I know this hasn't been a great year for him with, you know, attempting to uh, marry his future wife who lives overseas so you can imagine what that's like in a covid world but best of luck to you paulie if you want to check out more of paul he's still available on crash test pilots and i believe a new show with um who is it mark twig around uh video games i forget the uh, twig and twig and twig and soap because uh, soapbox clots that's right so they're doing a bit of a video game podcast if you want to look them up uh, but yeah thanks for everything Paul I, mean, I say thanks for everything like he's gone I'm sure we'll still have him on the show at some point he's a good friend of ours um, so yeah Trent you want to tell uh, us about uh, one of our yeah, other friends a Canadian. very very big shout out to our, our, our good friend Rob McCallum and, and Jay Bartlett um, the ultimate action figure adventure auction. This is this is the big event, right, for mm. the the production that uh, Rob and Jay have been working on, uh, in support of the Children's Health Foundation. It's 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 on eBay. It's live. Yeah. You can get on there now and start bidding. Um, Jay's been doing those videos. Obviously, we had Rob on Toy Power a couple of episodes ago to give us the the lowdown on the top ten, the the, the worldwide exclusive, which we were very honoured to to have, but. Jay went and did all the reveals on his YouTube channel, and boy, when he when he had the flag on his <laughs> like, it was just so big. Even the katana, that box, huge. The katana, the sail barge was just ridiculous. I don't think I've sort of, I, I mean, I never saw one in person right. because it was all done sort of online. So Hard to get really in one cool shot, that. you know. Yeah. That's the problem with that. So such big toys, you can't get it in one shot without, <laughs> yeah. you know, clearing yeah. the room essentially, and you know, having the camera, you know. <laughs> six meters away from where you're working so <laughs> so go check them out check out those those 10 there's there's something for everyone in there there's megatron there's um there's a skeletor i know Cobra Commander. His eye on, yep. on that there's a, um some gi joe figures i know there's one that um there's a shearer yeah, yeah there's a shearer Star there's, Wars. There's, um yeah so it, it, it look and the, the flag and the, the katana and uh incredible so check it out it's for such a good cause and there'll be a live event. I was going to be part of it. I was, I was super bummed. The the internet connection, we just couldn't we couldn't guarantee it to be good enough for, for the cross to, to go live to Australia. Unfortunately, we're about five years behind you guys in, in the States and in Canada. <laughs> um, so unfortunately, I, I won't be appearing. But um, follow them live. Tune into the event Thursday, August the 13th at 8 p.m. 
EDT, I think that's um, Eastern Daylight Time in Canada. Um, find all the information and links to the eBay sales at actionfigureadventure.com. And I'll be joining if I'm if I'm not at work. I'll definitely be tuning in. They're going to have a panel. Um, there's going to be well-known toy collectors in the community on that panel commenting, seeing how these what 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 might the items go for as as, as they sort of count down. Um, and and I reckon there might even be a few bids coming from this way uh, <laughs> on some of those items. All for such it, a good cause. Can, yeah, it's such a good cause. You yeah, can, it you is justified. Such a great cause. And an Ecto one. Can't go wrong. Even yeah. if you don't win, you, you know you've helped the cause just by bidding. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, yeah, looking forward to that. I actually uh, clicked on one of those eBay links just shortly after it had gone live. I was like, oh, oh, the, the Katana. Oh, it's at one cent at the moment. Oh, I might just put 10 bucks on there and uh, cross my fingers, hey? But uh, anyway, um, so yeah, good luck to uh, Rob and Jay on that. Uh, we're probably going to plug it a little bit more in the coming week um, and be sure to check out that event. Thank you very much for joining us, gentlemen. It's been a fun show as always. Thank you to Scotty for stopping on by um i've heard he's apparently stalking my house so i might have to invest in those security cameras after all um but i brought a sleeping bag and a pillow <laughs> good to know <laughs> or... you just sleep on the couch in the toy room scott i'm not sleeping on anyone's couches that's frank's job <laughs> <laughs> see he has been watching me hasn't he <laughs> All right, and with that, I'm going to steal uh, a bit of an outro from our friends at Geek Dudes and say, uh, "Good night, Ben. Good night. Good night, Scotty. Good night. Good night, Trent. Good night, Frank. Good night, Darren. Good night, Frank. And good night, and listeners. Until next time. Good journey. No, that's not the outro. I'm stealing their outro. <laughs> <laughs> you can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram or have your say and email us toypowerpodcast at gmail.com Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher and please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people want to learn more go to giantsizeteamup.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows well they're not more awesome than us but yeah. oh, oh.